0: Right on the age, kind of the lifestyle, fact that he is, you know, more or less homeless, living in a van, camping out on his mom's couch now and then, owned no furniture according to the New York Times, had all that right. Didn't have male stripper. Nope. Did not have male stripper
1: in the equation. I didn't have Filipino would-be Indian either in my racial makeup I, in my profiling.
0: Identifies <clears throat> as Seminole Indian though right. isn't. Right. I missed that, which is interesting. Um, so one of the first questions I asked on Friday when we saw the guy's van is, can you drive around with a van with major political figures and crosshairs over their face? I thought that would get you flagged. Well, it will get you flagged. I, I did a little looking into this with a couple of people, people I know who are in this industry. Uh, can you drive around in a van like that? The short answer is yes, I was told by somebody who knows. There are people daily that post on social media, I'm going to or someone ought to kill blank. They get interviewed by someone in the government, Secret Service or somebody. um, Then they try to assess if they're on a path of dangerousness. If so, where on the path? Uh, Part of the equation is getting a U.S. attorney's office to prosecute those people, and that rarely is ever going to happen for someone who just says or intimates that blank ought to be killed like the guy in the van. Mm -hmm. You could recommend that as, you know... uh, police or whoever but n- very few people are ever going to prosecute that and this person said i saw things like this van regularly in dc when bush was president at the time they would do laps around the white house and they just were allowed to do that it's part of the whole free speech thing hmm. so you could be have that violent rhetoric right by the white house and and do it maybe you think that's a great thing about america i didn't know that you will be interviewed but if you, know, you know, if you don't have a gun in your car or any indication you're about to do it, you're allowed to say it. So a, a, a law enforcement person can
2: come up to you and just kind of be like, hey,
0: what's going on with all this?
2: Is that kind of how they would be approached?
0: Yeah. Yeah. From what I understand. And then just, you know, step by step. If you act all weird and jittery, then you take it a next step toward trying to get a You know, a warrant and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Despite his... uh, This guy had all kinds of weird posts on... um, He had YouTube videos. He had a Twitter feed. He had all that. Obama is the Antichrist. Satan sent Obama to destroy America. Um, He posted several anti-Obama videos multiple times on his feed, interspersed with all kinds of other stuff. Despite his prolific posting on his Twitter feed, Mr. Sayak does not appear to have gained a wide audience. His Twitter account was followed by fewer than 1,200 people. As of Friday morning when we were looking at it, and although he had nearly 3,000 friends on Facebook, many of his posts were never commented on or shared. In recent months, however, his behavior had changed. His posts took on a darker, more obsessive tone, often accompanied by threats of violence and gory images of bloody animal carcasses. Hey, nice Facebook feed, dude. Wow. No longer mistakable as an everyday internet partisan, he posted repeatedly about unconquered seminoles a reference to the tribe that he appears to have adopted, also appeared on his van, as we talked about on Friday. And on Twitter, his messages turned more dark and sinister. He sent um, He sent a message to Eric Holder, uh, the Attorney General under Obama, a tweet, tweeted at him and said, See you soon, TikTok. He told uh, Zephyr Teachout, a Democrat who ran unsuccessfully for Attorney General in New York, that he had a surprise waiting for her. Zephyr Teachout? Is the name, yeah. The heck? He says, I've got a, we got a surprise. A superhero movie? But you, you get, get so many tweets at you, see you soon, TikTok, or I've got a surprise for you. Right. You know, I'd freak you out. Yeah. We Unconquered Seminole Tribe have a special airboat tour lined up for you here in our swamp Everglades, he wrote. <clears throat> see you real soon. Hug your loved ones.
1: Oh, my God. That's pretty over the top. Yeah.
0: Many recipients of Mr. Syak's social media wrath likely disregarded it or wrote him off. I'm reading for the New York Times is just another overzealous troll. But the few who tried to sound the alarm to Twitter appear to have been ignored. Um, one de- Democrat complained to Twitter that Syak had sent her a threatening message after she appeared on Fox News. The company replied that Mr. Syak's tweet did not violate its policy.
1: You know, what's interesting is they're shutting... Twitter has since
0: apologized and said that they should have taken him down. Mm.
2: That tweet almost has the exact same wording on it as the one he sent Holder, too.
1: Gab, which is an alternate to Twitter, they're trying to shut down, they being the web host and, and, and the payment processing companies and the rest of it. It's interesting that... Um, well, the the founder of Gab is pointing out that there are thousands, thousands, and thousands of threats against Donald J. Trump's life on Twitter every single day. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah, but yeah. they don't get taken down. But because Gab That's comes at cool. from the right, it's they shut it down. But boy,
0: I don't, I don't well, know where I'm Well, they're am pure just...
1: free speech. They don't filter. Anything but direct threats.
0: Right. I get that. I, and I've said many times I'm a fan of that. So this one to Eric Holder from uh, from the male stripper with a tuna can lids on his but shoes.
2: I, that one was to the, the one that was reported to Twitter. I don't think that one's directly to Holder, but it's similar messaging.
0: So you like to make threats. We unconquered Seminole tribal answer your threats. Uh, we will see you for sure. Hug your loved ones real close every time you leave your home. That's a hell of a thing to say to somebody. Yeah, what's and, the We Unconquered Seminole Tribe thing he was into as a Filipino right stripper? Yeah. And there's Twitter with tuna can lids on his shoes. I can't Twitter's get past response
2: that. to that. Apparently, when uh, when they submitted that as hey, this person threatened me on Twitter, that was Twitter respond.
0: Was, Thank you for your recent report. We have reviewed your report carefully and found there was no violation of the Twitter rules against abusive behavior. There are a number of factors we take into consideration when deciding whether to take action. On content now, Twitter has since said they should have taken him down. I don't know. Did you change your rules? It sounds to me like he was within your rules. If your rules are you can say all kinds of crap, which I'm fine with. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy had 1,200 followers. Um, nobody was retweeting him or anything like that. You know what? 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 What is that?
1: Uh, we received an email from a fella who listens to the show who was talking about his dad, who was of the same age as uh, Stripper Boy, Pipe Bomb Boy there. And guy was swole. Oh, yeah, back in the day. Oh, yeah, he was he was something. Well, he looked like a Chippendales dancer. But um, the guy was talking about how his dad, similar age to Pipe Bomb Guy, guy in his 50s, disappointed by life, hadn't seen any of his dreams come true, hadn't really pursued them in any reasonable way blaming others increasingly angry increasingly paranoid wanting to explain his life's failures um and then they that family got past it dad is better now
0: did he get some sort of like medicine or help or
1: something they didn't explain it exactly it yeah. might have be just been a loving family around him saying hey wait a minute look um but yeah that's now if you have somebody who has that quote-unquote legitimate stuff going on in his mind you can be disappointed and angry about your life and not be mentally ill um and then you add mental illness on top of that and a need to express it and hurt somebody for what they've done to you man that's a nasty stew well
0: the guy the fact that the guy took a, a dark turn a noticeably dark turn on his social media just in the last just recently yeah means something happened right with the mental illness? Or? Well, yeah,
1: but he was nuts, so it's so hard to draw any conclusion. He had recently gone anti-Trump, but he had all those Trump stickers still on his van. Yeah. And pictures and the rest of it, so he's a crazy person. Right. It's really... There's no logical explanation for the completely illogical. <sighs> and and the the question of, can you hold the speakers of overheated political rhetoric... Responsible for the actions of crazy people? It's an interesting question, but you got to ask it both ways. The, the Wapo, for instance, not willing to do that. That was their lead. That was their big angle this time. When a Bernie supporter shot up the Republican uh, baseball practice, it was a question that wasn't even asked on their pages, well, which is incredibly disappointing. As
0: I watched some of the talk shows yesterday, people were making the distinction that as president, you have a special responsibility, but. Okay. You, you you you, don't as speaker of the house or senator in a state or or whatever. I mean, yeah. Well, I do I do not want to get into the who started it or who's worse because it's a pointless conversation. Right. But you can't have people pounding on the majority of the Senate leader's table at a restaurant screaming at him mm-hmm. until he has to leave and the media stays quiet about that, as if that's okay, that's perfectly right. all right. You can't do that.
1: Or permit the lawlessness in San Jose, San Francisco, Berkeley, Portland. It's okay to be violent and beat people down because they're lefties and they're anti-fascists. That's okay. But I'm not excusing it on the right. I've said many, many times, I think Donald Trump's rhetoric is over the top. It's, it's unnecessarily abusive and divisive. I don't appreciate it. But like uh, like we said earlier, Donald Trump didn't bring division. Division brought Donald Trump. And if you don't understand that, you're still part of the problem.
0: So it's interesting, though. We now know this on Twitter. You can you can say you can send a message to a politician and say, hug your loved ones when you leave the house today. We're coming for you You can say that and get away with it. And you can drive around in a van that's got Hillary Clinton's picture with crosshairs over it, which the message there is you should be shot or I want to shoot you or something, isn't it? But you can do that. They're going to look at you. They're going to talk to you. But you can do it.
1: Yeah, Which probably is a good thing. So speech is a good thing. What's changed? There have always been crazy people. There's always been politics. But these shootings are uh, new or certainly increased. What's different? I don't know the idea that I I can I get to that's a that is a righteous expression of my anger.
0: Keeping in mind that we used to have five bombs go off a day in the United States from
1: yeah late sixties early seventies. People
0: angry over various political things.
1: Right, right. Well, we just have to have both sides all the time say never commit an act of violence in my name. Never. It's never excused. I don't care how much you like me or, or dislike Nancy Pelosi. Never commit an act of violence in my name, because I don't like it. You're no friend of mine. Say that over and over again. Nancy, I'm waiting. Donald, I'm waiting. What if they did that every speech?
0: It's like at the end of your speech. It's like saying this message brought to you by Bubba. You always please have drink say
1: responsibly. It. Right, right, exactly like that. After a while, people would tune it out. But I'd like to see it tried.
0: Like the warning on cigarettes: this could cause cancer. We know. Well, sell me a pack. This is what I would dance to if I was a male stripper. And I would have tuna can lids on my shoes in case I get into a beef with another male stripper. It's best to be prepared. It's hogging my spotlight.
2: I'd do bridges over troubled water. That's what I would do. You'd do a ballad? Yeah, yeah. It'd be really (laughs) elegant. (laughs) I'd really try to connect with the audience emotionally. I feel like the females in the the crowd would really want that.
0: Look into some... You're
2: both weirding me out.
0: ...sad married woman's eyes. Really lock in. (laughs) Lots of
1: candles. Just (laughs) keeps getting weirder and weirder. Surrounded by candles. Hilarious. For weeks, NBC sat on a story that undercut Michael Avenatti. They knew he was a crackpot, held it
0: back for weeks.
1: Can't wait to hear that. You're listening
0: to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
2: Saudis initially insisted that Khashoggi had left the embassy alive, but now admit that they'd incorrectly remembered what happened, or
1: dismembered, if you will. (laughs) Their their story instead became that he'd been killed, but for good reason.
3: They say discussions led to a brawl, and he died in a fistfight.
1: Yeah. A fist fight. (laughs) Apparently it started when they had a disagreement over whether or not Khashoggi should be murdered in cold blood. You see, he didn't think so, but the Saudis were really adamant it was a good idea. And, you know, one thing just led to another.
0: (laughs) That is really good. John Oliver so should have been the host of The Daily Show. But anyway, it all worked out. They dismembered, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I sure am shocked that they took the... uh, synagogue shooter alive that's not usually how those end up
1: um well, so. yeah there are so many brands of crazy and angry out there these days i wish you you know weren't just
0: to save the money and time and pain of a trial but
1: yeah yeah um i uh i gained three pounds in three days over the week congratulations thank you i've said nice it effort. before ah. i can- I could easily gain 15 pounds in 15 days if I had to. Wow, that sounds like a challenge. That oh, sounds yeah. like a challenge. Well, maybe for you, not for me.
0: Maybe we can start a GoFundMe to see if uh, <laughs> come up with an amount of money that will make you want to do
1: that. 50K.
0: That seems a little steep.
2: I'll, do, well? it for, I'll do it for half that. Well, fine. Go <laughs> ahead. I'm not.
1: I know how hard it is to lose it and keep it off. So I'll tell you what. That's just... long-term thinking. <laughs> go with short-term he thinking. bits. spits So you may have heard that Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley, as old as Idaho, on Thursday uh, referred Julie Swetnick, who was the Michael Avenatti-tied accuser of old Judge Kavanaugh. You remember that? Uh, And her lawyer, Avenatti, to the Justice Department for a criminal investigation. Swetnick and Avenatti tried to knowingly mislead the committee. Um, calling for a probe, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. conspiracy to uh, lie to Congress. I don't know if Swetnick
0: knowingly tried to mislead the committee. I think she might be a nut job, but Avenatti certainly Or a did.
1: numbskull who was uh, manipulated by Avenatti, who was very bright. I think he is uh, patently, uh, to his spine, evil. Um, but at any rate... You kidding? He's going to run for president. He responded with an unbelievable tweet, which I was looking for. I can't find, but it, it was... So Chuck Grassley continues to not believe victims and not listen to women. When will we When will we find justice for the women of America? And it was skillful, but it was sickening. So even as he's called out for being a liar and a cheat, he is still draping himself in the cape of standing up for women. Well, NBC published a report last Thursday that undercut claims made by Avenatti and his client, Julie Swetnick. Um, NBC revealed that a woman who Avenatti claimed would support Sweatnick's allegation of sexual misconduct against Kavanaugh in the early 80s had retracted her statement. The woman also told NBC that Avenatti, a potential 2020 presidential candidate, had twisted her words. Um, and then uh, Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd, that sleeping son of a bitch, <laughs> tweeted, Was this an intentional attempt to mislead our reporters? Evidence points that way. Here's the problem, though. They had that story for three weeks before they published it. They had that. um, Let's see. Um, It occurred three weeks ago before the Senate voted whether to confirm Kavanaugh. They knew that the alleged backer upper was completely out. Completely out. Said, no, 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 no. I didn't know Kavanaugh. I never saw him do anything. I kind of knew about those parties, but I have nothing on Kavanaugh. And NBC knew that before the vote even took place, but they sat on it for three weeks. NBC's completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, they're, they're, they're going with the Colbert model, which is working really well for Colbert. So, fine. But they, they really are all in with the resistance. Um, which is interesting, given that Tim Russert was the gold standard of the Sunday talk shows for so long. And I don't remember ever seeing him be nakedly partisan or obviously i mean he, he was really good and everybody idolized him in that line of work but he's gone chuck todd's in now and now they are just the anti-trump network msnbc and nbc yeah sleepy and, and, eyes chuck todd who, and big time names chuck todd and brian williams is every bit as bad at night on msnbc he's
2: a sleeping son of a bitch i'll tell you
1: Ahead of an interview with NBC. Avenatti put the network in touch with the second woman who claimed to vouch for Swetnick. But during the interview, the woman undercut Swetnick's claims. I don't ever think it was Brett, she said when asked if she saw Kavanaugh drug drinks. She also said no when asked if she witnessed Kavanaugh behaving inappropriately with girls. Then Snow interviewed, that's uh, Kate Snow on NBC, interviewed Sweatnick the following day. In a report, she challenged Sweatnick and noticed several discrepancies in her story, but Snow also withheld other information, including that Avenatti provided access to a witness who ended up not supporting Sweatnick's allegations, but indeed uh, contradicted them. Um, that's something. Yeah, they're totally off the rails. But There's, everybody is, uh, and listen, listen, we're inside the media. Inside the dark, sweaty, sickening underbelly of the beast. And there is such desperation for eyes and ears right now. We've never seen anything like it. We don't engage in it because, I don't know, we're too stubborn or stupid, but... Um, man, people are just at a fever pitch to try to get your eyes and ears. You got to be really skeptical these days.
3: What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Yeah, well, President Trump back at it again, blasting. More is he. Marshall's probably lying, blasting the media for being the cause of what he calls the great anger in the country and more children infected and dying from a common virus. Stories coming up.
0: I want to hear more about that because I haven't looked into it. Also, an insurer who's now paying you to go to Mexico to get cheaper prescriptions. Done. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So close, just a couple of days away. Oh. Kids very excited.
1: Well, that reminds me, I've got to get you some music, uh, Michael. Yeah? The fabulous Radio Macbeth, now of Bend, Oregon, put out a creepy EP for Halloween. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> with some uh, cover <laughs> songs and, uh, and an original song about uh, an ex-murderer. Creepy um, EP is pretty funny. Yeah, they couldn't decide. I think they went with creepy... I like Creepy EP better. But anyway, we'll get you some of those songs. Yeah, that'd be
3: great. On uh, Wednesday, I plan to have all Halloween music. Well, sure. I'll get you some. Do you have fun. Yeah,
0: the Monster Mash? That's a good one.
1: Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I do. Let's oh. get the news now with
3: Marsha Phillips.
1: Well, President Trump is again I'm blaming. I'm sorry. We have so many new listeners. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Radio Macbeth is my son's band. So they're, they're, they're really, really good. I think good. you're violating some sort of yeah, law. And I've by pimped you. them before and will pimp them again. Yeah. Fine, fire me. I'm <laughs> tired of the news anyway. It's <laughs> tedious.
3: Meanwhile, President Trump is again blaming the news media for what he calls the great anger in the U.S. Trump tweeting this morning saying there is a great anger in our country caused in part by the inaccurate and even fraudulent reporting of the news. The fake news media, the true enemy of the people, must stop the open and obvious hostility and report the news accurately and fairly. You see, here's, and there's blame on both sides we've been talking about since the beginning. Trump knows
0: he's doing it, though, so it's it's one certain thing. He yep. knows what he's doing. He knows who he's getting to with the things he says. The media doesn't know in what way they're dividing the country, which no. I find
1: very troubling. They don't know they're doing that. I think he is amoral. The media is delusional. Yeah, two different things. And they're both stoking the fires.
3: This after a week that saw a mail bomber and a horrific attack on a synagogue in Pennsylvania. Both uh, events uh, were addressed by the president at the beginning of a rally he had in Illinois last night, especially the shooting at the synagogue. This evil anti-Semitic attack is an assault on all of us. It's an assault on humanity. It will require all of us working together to extract the hateful poison of anti-Semitism from our world. And during that speech, the president also called for unity. So This is a great
0: topic of uh, what we do about mm-hmm. this, because obviously the, the rhetoric is hotter than it should be, than it has been in my lifetime. And uh, Lonnie Chen, I saw on one of the talk shows yesterday, he's a friend of the Armstrong and Getty show. I saw him on TV yesterday. And I thought we got to get him on to talk about it because he was—he was—he's a, a smart person on this, so he's coming up.
3: Very good. New Jersey health officials, meanwhile, are confirming that a ninth child has died in a viral outbreak at a pediatric rehab center. In all, 20 children have been affected by the I don't know, virus since the beginning of the month at a center for nursing and rehabilitation. All were medically fragile children with weakened immune systems to start with. Yes. Okay. Now, ABC News is reporting that actually the virus infections are really quite common. Symptoms, sore throat, sneezing, cough, headaches, fever, and chills. A lot like the common cold.
0: Every kid gets that.
3: Yes. So that last cold you had was probably an, I don't know, virus infection. If your immune system is strong, these infections are not serious. But if your immune system is weakened like the kids at that center, your risk of infection is a lot greater and can get a lot more serious. And it turns out that right now there's no real special uh, treatment for this virus. Antibiotics don't help, so they you know the health officials suggest wash your hands off and uh, you know keep sick people at home. All right. Turns out nearly one in five Americans say they probably will not vote next week because they're worried about international killer inter- clowns international interference with the election. One out of five say they will stay what, home what because they're worried mean? about I'm it. Not they vote? think
1: Vlad Putin's going to stab them in the neck? That's idiotic. Uh, that's according to the, the new... Killer Unis- clowns
0: makes more sense.
1: Yeah. They uh, lurk at the edge of the woods. <laughs> that's according
3: to the new Unisys Security Index, which also shows 86% of Americans are actually worried about this kind of interference. Well, that's fine. That's legit. And- well, yeah, but
0: not showing up because of it is dumb But uh, Best to stay home. <laughs>
3: The Chinese
0: horde may be on hand. uh, A guy who predicts this sort of thing says it's going to be the highest midterm turnout since 1914. If that happens, if it's the highest turnout in 100 years, is that a good thing for America? It's got to be, right?
1: Doesn't it or not? Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And like I said, there's
1: pluses and minuses. (laughs) If it's a
0: low turnout, with all this talk, I mean, politics is our national sport now. If we end up with a low turnout after all this,
1: then what the hell are we doing? Yeah, I know. What's the point? Hey, Michael, get the scary music ready for me. Oh, look at this. I just got a letter from from my precinct. It says, Dear Joe, your polling place has been moved from the elementary school to the edge of the woods. Oh, no! What? What? They're just going to set up the voting machines at the edge of the woods. (laughs) And we apologize. No artificial lighting is available. Shall you be in the dark. And at the words. edge of the woods.
3: All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation. Don't worry, Squawky will free us. <laughs>
0: That's a bald eagle right there. I don't remember what Lonnie's uh, degree is in, but he's with the Hoover Institution, and he worked on uh, Mitt Romney's campaign and Marco Rubio's campaign. And He's a smart guy, and we'll talk to him about uh, the division and what's causing this.
1: Yeah, he's all uh, political science, domestic studies, international stuff. He's uh, top to bottom, really knowledgeable. How
0: do we get out of this? How do we keep it from going further? I think that's the big question. Stay with the Armstrong and Getty Show. feel like they could spiral completely out of control don't they yes yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know if the, don't i don't know if it makes sense to feel that way since you got a handful of nut jobs just recently and they do, they only represent themselves and their own crazy heads
1: right although there are certainly um conclusions being drawn or motives being assigned based on the activities of the crazy people and then those motives and conclusions are, are, are you know, assigned to normal people. Anyway, it's screwed up. Uh, on that happy note, we welcome Lonnie Chen, David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies, lecturer at Stanford, um, and a, uh, a frequently heard commentator on the airwaves. Lonnie, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Sorry about your Dodgers, brother. Oh, gosh. Don't 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 get me
4: started. Don't get me started. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> It'd be impossible to we won't hate the be
4: Red Sox. We're, we're not going to be able to talk about anything else.
0: How can I possibly Jeez. hate the Red Sox any more than I do for all kinds of different reasons, <laughs> including the media's uh, fascination me with them? About it. Shut up, media. Tell me about um, it. So I saw you on one of the talk shows yesterday, and I thought you had one of the more adult reasoned opinions on all this that I'd seen, so. Good to have you back on the I air. That. The um it, it does feel like things could spiral out of control or have spiraled out of control. And unfortunately, you got each side claiming the other side is the reason it's happening. Where are you on all this?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, it's very easy, I think, for each side to to try to point fingers. And I saw this in spades over the weekend. You know, you have Republicans arguing that it's people like Maxine Waters and Eric Holder, and then you've got the Democrats obviously pointing the finger at Donald Trump. And I think, I think the answer is that we all have to take a step back and realize everyone's got a role to play here. And in particular, the, the public officials in our country, they seem to be the ones who, you know, fortunately or unfortunately are in a position because they have a bigger microphone and a bigger megaphone to be able to, to step back and say, what can we do to bring the temperature down? And so, yeah, it's the responsibility of, you know, the Eric Holders and, and, and Maxine Waters of the world. And, and, yeah, it's the responsibility of someone like, like President Trump because he is sort of in a unique position as president, the dealing with a national constituency, to step back and say, yeah, I am going to dial the temperature down. I am going to tell people that w- we have to have a change in tone. And, and if we don't, I, I really do fear where things are headed because the dialogue it's, – it's become okay now in the dialogue to be completely uncivil – and, and and I just don't think that that is healthy for our democracy in the long run.
1: I'm just highly concerned that it's in the best uh, the best short term interests of a lot of politicians to dial up the rhetoric. That's how you motivate voters. That's how you oh, get into yeah. the polls. And to pass up their short term uh, priorities for the long term good of the country, well, ho ho, wouldn't that be lovely?
4: Well, fortunately, there is a there is a election coming up on Tuesday, and maybe after the election. You know, we can we can rediscover a little bit of moderation because, I, it, and it, it maybe unicorns right.
0: will start pooping rainbows. <laughs>
4: <laughs> maybe, no. I mean, look. I think um, everything that we've seen the the mail bombings, this awful shooting at the synagogue on Saturday. I, I, I think that all of this does begin to give people a sense that things have reached have, have reached beyond the edge. I think we all felt like we were on the tipping point. But now I really do feel like, you know, people just look at this and say something is not right, something is not healthy, and, and we've got to make a change. And I, I at least choose to be hopeful that, that maybe things, things will get turned around here.
0: Well, I, I feel like we've learned something. Joe and I used to wonder, we used to talk about this here on the, old, on the air all the time. So you'd have uh, a couple of politicians on a stage, and one of them has, has just lied about something, and it's pretty obvious. And the other one would would say something like, I would just like to say that uh, my my colleagues' recollection of the events right? don't exactly... And we always wondered, why don't you just say they're lying? Why don't you just say they're a really? liar? Why are you dancing around the fact that they just lied? Well, then Trump had the guts to just come out and say somebody's a liar, and now we realize where you go once you break out of that, you know, dancing around things. Is that what has happened?
4: You know what, that's, that's actually a really astute observation. I remember, you know, back, I've worked on four presidential campaigns, and, and one in a very senior capacity. When I worked for Mitt Romney on that campaign in 2012, we never, would never call someone a liar, even if they were lying. You just, you just didn't do it. There was a convention in politics that you did not call your opponent a liar, you could ascribe false motives for them, you could make fun of their mother, but you could not call them a liar. And, and stuff like this, they're just these little conventions that we've broken one by one. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing that some of these conventions get broken, but I also sure. realized in reflecting on it, there's a reason why they were there. There's a reason why we adhere to certain conventions, and, and, and because it because it kept dialogue at a certain level. And when you do away with those things, you begin to degrade the quality of the discussion little by little. In some cases, it's episodic. In some cases, it's really uh, punctuated. And I think we've seen that particularly with the dialogue between President Trump and, and some Democrats over these last several months.
1: Lonnie Chen, Director of Domestic Policy Studies, lecturer at uh, Stanford University. Lonnie, I think if there's any hopeful news uh, you know, surrounding the violence of late, it 's that all of these people were mentally ill, disturbed. I mean it's not like the Civil War where perfectly sane, reasonable people decided, yes, we are going to kill and die for politics, but the math where overheated rhetoric reaches the mentally ill and then the equal sign is death i i'm not sure I'm not sure how you deal with that in a free society. Unless it's, like we were talking about before, a mass outbreak of, of uh, responsibility.
4: Well, and, and the, the big question, I mean, I alluded to this in some of my commentary over the weekend is, is there some role for for a regulatory system to play in looking at the information that's disseminated on the Internet? My my hunch my instinct is to say no there shouldn't be if you believe in the first amendment there shouldn't be but but some of the fora that are available for people now to express hateful views and to be egged on and supported in their support of those views it's it's problematic i and i don't know what the answer is i i don't have a silver bullet for this i don't think that the answer is that we need more regulation but i do think that there is something here that is amiss when we have these environments where people who, who, who frankly, you know, do need to get help for for mental illness, they're not getting that help, and not only that, but they're being fueled in their in their
0: hatred. Well, I was happy watching the the, the roundtables on the different talk shows that there were some people who were willing to say, look, both sides are to blame, and both sides need to ratchet it down. But God, there were there were a handful of prominent commentators. You know, who talk about this stuff all the time is clearly one side is to blame, and as long as we have that attitude, we'll never get anywhere
4: no, never we'll, we'll never get anywhere and and we're only going to get right back here again we're going to be talking about how everybody uses these to to their own political advantage and and that frankly is 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 sick and demented too in its own way.
1: you know I think the younger generations are getting much more astute at recognizing crap online um, my kids have taught me. Uh, some things about that. I just I worry that the mentally disturbed they're gonna mess miss the message. They're going to you know see the trolls and the fake news people and the bots and the rest of them and they just will never have the mental capacity to sort through that stuff. so um, I just I don't know I'm a little discouraged.
4: Yeah, well, part of this also is we've we've been talking about this for way too long about how we need to devote more resources to mental health in this country. But it's about time that we actually do that. I mean, we're, we're wasting an awful lot of money on an awful lot of things. One, one area where we can clearly make greater investments is in mental health for, for, for parts of the population that in particular don't have access to it. Maybe, that people,
0: really maybe the mentally ill could just ride the bullet
1: train around California. Maybe
0: that would be a better... That was some <laughs> finely
1: tuned sarcasm. That would,
4: solve all, of our prob-
1: that would know, solve all of our problems. Lonnie, what we ought to do when we have some more time, because we're about out, is uh, bring you back purely for a discussion of what would that look like. What would it look like to make a serious investment in mental health care? Uh, in the United States, given our, our cherishing of liberty, you can't deny people their liberty without you know due process. But at the same time, there are clearly people who need help, whether they know it or not. Love to have an extended conversation. We need to that. do
0: a long term podcast with you, but we got limited time. The that. Am I right? The presidential election starts next Wednesday, right? The it,
4: 2020? it already, started. It well, already yeah. started,
0: but but full on. <laughs> I mean, we're full on into presidential election 2020. Who are the Democrats? Give me the top three running against Trump.
4: Uh, top three, I would say, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Elizabeth Warren. Interesting. So that'll give you an idea of where, they're, where right.
1: they're at. Joe Biden runs, I will buy you a steak dinner at the joint of your choice and order anything you want off the <laughs> wine list. That is not <laughs> if he a he runs, You don't even think he'll run? Oh, well, God, he may throw his hat in the ring. I don't know.
0: But. God, He's old and he's run a couple of times and gotten nowhere,
1: but. Yeah, yeah. Lonnie Chen, uh David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, a great guy to follow and listen to. Lonnie, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a million. Good to be with you. Take care. Thank you. He's really good. Oh, yeah. And, he, God dang it, he, he is so the sort of person I think the country needs. He's just reasonable. And, 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 and he will not... Chuck his principles to make a point or get a momentary gain. It's not. I really admire people like that.
0: Surprising at all that he worked on the Mitt Romney campaign and the Marco Rubio campaign. Yeah, two candidates that are like that. Losers and didn't get anywhere
1: (laughs) with that attitude. Well, Mitt (laughs) Mitt damn near got the White House. If only he could have loosened up a little bit, but he's just not that guy. Right. He. You know why he can't come off as a regular guy? Because he ain't one. Lonnie was
0: inside the Rubio campaign when Trump was rolling and trying to decide how to deal with that. <laughs> well, there was no way to deal with it. That was the answer. Yeah, to lose. That's how you deal with it. Now, we've been teaching kids to read the wrong way for 35 years. That's interesting, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.